Murray, when you bring me out, can you introduce me as Cruella? <laughs> this is spoilers. <laughs> oh my goodness. Stevie, you can't do a Joaquin. I can't do a Joaquin. I I just can't do it. I thought about it and my brain said, no way, man. Absolutely no way. But this is Stevie. uh, And tonight is a very special episode because, Pap, we're doing a new movie. It feels like it's been a long time since we've, like, gone to the theater once, seen the movie, come together to podcast. I don't know where you guys watched it, but this is my first time back in theaters. And it was nice. It felt good. Dude, I was in the theater too. It was great. That's actually a really good point you bring up. So let's go from. Oh, let's. Well, you guys are all out west. Uh, tell you what, let's go. Pappy, uh, Corey, and then special guest Pixie Bomber, aka Renee. Um, then uh, let's go with that order and talk about what you've missed most about the movies or going to the theater. All right, this is Pappy recording from. Louisville, Colorado, quasi east to west tonight. Many podcasters west of the Mississippi tonight. Very exciting for us out here. Um, I think I'm the lone wolf. You know what? I love... This is a weird one because there's some low-hanging fruit I'm going to leave out there, but I was just thinking about this today. I love the way that I feel when I'm like leaving the movie theater. Like I'm, I feel like I'm usually like like really relaxed, and I love that... I love that feeling when you go into a movie and it's like seven o'clock and it's still bright outside and you leave the movie and it's like nighttime and like that all happened like while you're in the movie theater. I fucking love that shit. So just the like feeling of coming out of a good movie and then texting you right away about it. Like that's, that's one of my favorite things. That's kind of the origin story of spoilers. Actually, we used to, it really is. We used to call each other after every single movie we saw basically like you'd be on a date that's how this podcast started you'd be on a date with your like then girlfriend lauren or something you'd be like call all right i gotta call pappy uh (laughs) tell him about the movie i saw you dial you don't say hello you give a spoiler like i think it actually started with what john wick pap we were doing it for years i don't even remember yeah i think john wick was like one of the first one where i was like hey you need to like go see this movie right now and many years later, and almost four movies later, we're still doing it. So check us out. That and the reclining seats. Those two things. Oh, they're so nice. Gotta love they're them. They're so nice. This is Corey, recording out of Simi Valley, California. <clears throat> I also went to the theater to see this. Took my kid. It was a great time. Uh, the thing I miss most about going to a movie theater, it's kind of hard to say on the spot, but um, probably, you know, creeping up to a boomer mid-movie while they're on their phone <laughs> tapping with like the click sounds on and just slapping that shit right the fuck out of their hands. <laughs> That's awesome. We all miss that. Yeah. <laughs> Have any of you guys ever yelled at anybody in the theater? No. No, I try not to do that. I, dude, I have this like temper problem. Like if I get hot, I can't come back down. So, like, I really, really try to avoid getting to that level, especially in an environment where I'm, like, with my family. One time when I was in Minneapolis with my sister, uh, we were going to see the midnight showing of The Shining, and she was, like, really scared because she, like, wasn't into scary movies, and, like, the people next to us 
we're like definitely tripping on acid or like shrooms or something. Like we're being all like oh talking during the movie. And my sister just goes over to me. Are you going to fucking talk the whole movie or something like that? And like they shut up right away. Uh, it was very impressive by Kelsey. I only did it one time and I'm not a confrontational person at all. But right when Jordan Peele's Us came out, I think it went like the Saturday after it came out. So excited to see it. Pack theater. I got tickets late. So I got like the second row. So I'm already looking up. And this couple next to me, I swear to God, were doing a live commentary podcast. <laughs> I mean, they were going into like tangents that were barely related to the movie itself. And I remember thinking to myself, it's do or die time because I can't sit here for two hours and listen to this. So I turned over and I made like a, like a loud clearing throat noise and they kept going. <laughs> and my wife kind of tapped me on the shoulder like, please don't, please don't. And I just said, shut the fuck up. And they stopped. And that was the only time I've ever done that. I like how it goes from zero to a thousand, though. No, we're never like, please be quiet. It's just like, shut the <laughs> no. fuck up. <laughs> Slap like, that shit out of people's it was, hands. Like, it's so aggressive. It, it was just so aggressive. I've never heard a couple like talk. Like, I mean, I swear to God, they were doing live commentaries. It was absolutely insane. But let's dive into this movie. Well, we got to do Pixie, right? Oh, crap. I totally stepped over that. The last time I was in the theater was the last time I was on the podcast. Which means it's a Disney film, which is crazy that I've been in the theaters only to see Disney films. It's not that I haven't (laughs) given Disney enough of my money. I literally have a Disney tattoo on my body, so it has my soul. But for this film, I specifically chose to see it in theater because I wanted to see the costumes in that giant format. And I wanted that soundtrack in its... Large glory. I didn't want to subject it to my living room with the train. I didn't want to subject it to my TV. I wanted like to feel it all in my soul. On that note, did you appreciate the fashion in this movie? Because I feel like this movie really focused on that element. Oh, did I? I appreciate it so much that my friends immediately were telling me that the one of the dresses from Cruella is coming to Museum of Pop Culture, which has the Disney collection. The dress will be in Seattle, where I'm at. For a limited time. And I was putting off going to Museum of Pop Culture. Just dragging my feet. Because I have been busy. But I am prioritizing. And I am going the weekend after this podcast drops. And I am making an effort to get as close as legally possible. To one of the gowns from this movie. Nice. Very, very cool. Um, So let's go ahead and just dive on into this movie even more. Pat, did you appreciate kind of the adjacent storyline they took with Cruella versus just doing a shot-for-shot remake like they did with Lion King? No, I wish it was a shot-for-shot remake with more CGI (laughs) dogs. Um, I mean, this is more of the Maleficent type, right? Like sort of the origin story of the famous Mm -hmm. Disney villain. So giving this some context, like are there other villains that you could see getting this treatment at all? Like maybe would they do like an Ursula one? Scar, but they have to have to be humans, like dressed up as like a lion costume. I think that Frollo. would work best. I can't see Frollo. them doing that with Lion King. Maybe Ursula, but um, Little Mermaid is getting the live action remake, so I don't know what exactly they're gonna do with Maybe that like one. A Hades from Hercules. No, dude, Frollo. I'm telling you, Frollo. Frollo. <laughs> it's all sex songs about wanting to fuck women. <laughs> the darkest movie <laughs> Disney will ever make. Um, but. 
I, I feel like this movie has a reason to exist more so than those live action remakes, right? Like given the choice between the two, if we're going to dig into the Disney canon and like produce something new, if we're, gonna, if we're mining that field, then I would rather it be like, you know, a new take on a character, an origin story on a character than, yeah, a CGI lion's talking to each other damn you guys hate that lion king shit don't you <laughs> i really don't like it oh I, my gosh. I did not like it so pointless that that movie is so hard to watch and there is no point for it to exist besides for money like pap said this movie has a reason to exist now kylo you're known as kind of the king of comedy when it comes to this podcast that's not true um <laughs> Did you at least like this movie? Fuck yeah, dude. Good. There we yeah. Go. <laughs> I like a lot of things about this movie. You know, this this is a movie that I did not expect to like. And I thought it was funny. I know that we had the intro spoiler that it was it was marketed like the like the Joker, right? It was It like, really was. <laughs> it was like the PG Joker. Um it's not quite that. And uh that's a good thing, I think. This movie very much stands on its own. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys, because I'm not that familiar with this end of things, like, where does the 101 Dalmatians animated movie stand, like, in terms of quality amongst, like, the Disney animated features? That's an interesting question, because I think I had it way higher on my list than anybody else when we did our ranking. I had it, like, in I the think teens. you had it in the teens, didn't you, Pat? Yeah, I think it's... I, I, I like the... Uh, it's very stylistic, Right, it's very jazzy, so I feel like it's either you love it or you hate it. Oh yeah, you were totally into the but jazz I, thing. But I, I appreciate that about <laughs> it. Um, I think it's—I mean, it's regarded as a classic. I, I don't know where you guys had it. I had it in my top thirty, but it wasn't higher than twenty. So that's not like one of the all-time greats, right? Oh God, no. So there's there's room for like more story. There's room for improvement, probably. Right? That's the idea behind it. Like, um, you take a movie like Lion King, like it's already like one of the greatest, right? So if you do that, you're just mm-hmm. making something that there's already a better version of, and there's always going to be. But you're not, it's not like you're starting from zero though, right? Because 101 Dalmatians does have one of the best Disney villains. And even when they did the live action remake in the 90s, Glenn Close is like the focus of all the marketing material, right? They're, they're putting the emphasis on Cruella even back then. And one of the best Disney songs. And that live action is one of my favorite live actions, too. And it's an old, it's the 90s version, and it's still one of my favorite live actions because it was so well done. Was Jeff Daniels in that? I think so, yeah. The only thing I remember is Glenn Close. So, yeah, I guess she had quite an impact. I think this movie is. I don't know. I just, uh, as far as live action Disney movies go, uh, I thought. Mulan would break me for the rest of time considering how much I hated that movie and the directions uh, they were going with it. Uh, it, um, Yeah, Mulan nearly broke me on those. I don't <laughs> understand how they even made that movie possible. And this movie, I think, is a great return to form. And my Renee, my question to you is... Um, you're a big fan of that of this soundtrack. Stevie, you hated the soundtrack. <gasps> you complained to me about it. You guys didn't find the soundtrack overbloated at all? At times, yeah. But for the most part, I liked it. This, to me, is one of the fattest soundtracks I've ever heard in my life. It was a little too inconsistent for me on the whole. Like, I, Obviously, all of the musicians or songs had some sort of like English roots to them. But they, they had everything from like Car Wash 
to like like more London punk stuff. Car wash was like the bottom of the. That was like the Car low moment for me. I was like, all right, yeah. too heavy handed. Yeah, but you you liked it though, Renee. You liked the rest though. There was some of it. There was the one where she was drunk walking through, and she was singing along to the song, but she was just offbeat enough because she was drunk. I thought that these boots were made for yeah. walking. She was just <laughs> off enough that I really liked it. Where I'm like, okay, you know, it's. But there were certain songs that were well timed with the story that the songs were giving you exposition that I thought sometimes there was like a little too much exposition and they could have used some editing and the songs could have just done the exposition for you. So it gave me the musical feel that I wanted from Disney. And I think that's why I liked it because it gave me that that Disney musical-esque aesthetic to it. And I think that's why I liked it so much, where I didn't get that from Mulan. I wasn't getting the musical and the stories, and I was getting that from the, the, the soundtrack here. And it was giving me that, that callback to the old Disney movies, where the songs were driving it. That's a good point. Like, it's musical in nature due to Without the, being a musical. the heavy soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like a jukebox musical, like Moulin Rouge. Correct. Future Big Dumb Movie episode, that one. Hopefully. I got a question for you, Stevie. Yeah. You mentioned a lot of the other live action remakes in recent times. Why do all of them have shitty CGI dogs? And why do the dogs I don't know. have this weird uncanny valley about them? Why can't they get the dogs right? Because everything else, like the environmental CGI looks great. A lot of the animals look great, but not the dogs. The dogs always look so fake. Well, I think that's on purpose, honestly. Uh... <sighs> I mean, you're taking... Everybody loves dogs. You know, everyone loves dogs. And I think them making them look, like, hyper-realistic would only be a negative. So I think making them almost look outlandishly fake is probably a positive in their eyes. Because the Dalmatians looked so fake. And that, to me, wasn't a negative, honestly. It just said to me that these, you know, dogs are somewhat villains. I like dogs if they have a little eye patch, you know? You like Winky? <laughs> the dog is cute. So cute, man. I'm telling you. That little dog. He got Did me. you love the the heist? Like with the necklace and Wink, like just dressed up as a giant rat? Oh fuck yeah. I did like Winky as a giant rat. That the dude that that's handling Winky, forget his character name. Uh the guy that's always like, What's the Horace. angle? Horace? Yeah. He's funny, man. He's really funny. Paul Walter Hausen, I think is the actor's name. Mm-hmm. He's definitely been doing a lot of movies recently. I'm glad that he was. I mean, he was so well cast. I mean, he was great in I, Tanya. This is the same director Correct. that did I, Tanya. And he was in Black Klansman, too. Definitely. Uh, I, I love seeing him run around on that heist. And, and the, to me, like, one of the highlights of the heist is getting to see, the, uh, you know, Cruella in her true form. And we see more and more of that. But that's the first appearance. And it's a, it's a good reveal. And she looks great. And a lot of things in this movie look great, but she's one of the big ones. I, I, Emma Stone all, all gothed out like that. It uh, reawoken something in me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I love, too, is just sort, sort of the vibe of the heist as well. Like all those other live-action remakes that we mentioned, not to hype on those too much, but they all take themselves so seriously, right? Like even Aladdin, the, the changes that they made seem to be more 
more serious and Mulan was so serious and the Lion yeah. King one's so serious and the Dumbo one's just a fucking shit show. It doesn't even know what, what <laughs> what's happening there. I still haven't watched Dumbo. I've been scared to watch it. Never watch Dumbo. Never you're, watch you're doing Dumbo. okay if you haven't seen it. Dude, I was thinking after this movie came out, I was like, this could have been directed by Tim Burton and it could have been... Uh, what's it, Helena Bonham Carter? As like, oh, I no. bet that idea was like tossed around. <laughs> Hopefully, tossed into the trash can. But like, the vibe of the heist is so like fun. You know what I mean? Like, the movie's having fun with itself. They have a big board with like a bunch of like clippings and like arrows and stuff, like with their plans or whatever. It's it's just a good time. Like, the, even the the uh, the montage with the trash dress and everything. That whole yes. montage is so fun. Uh, that montage kills, dude. The trash dress ended up being 40 feet long. In in perspective, Princess Diana's veil was 25 feet long. So that trash dress was hella long. Was it real? Like it was an actual... <laughs> it was legitimately made 40 fucking feet long. Wow. That's crazy. And the costume designer is um, Jenny Beaven, who was the costume designer from Bad Max Ferry Road. What was that article you sent me? So I sent you the article from Variety where she is not getting credit for her work. And she designed all 47 of these looks. And she, um, her favorite actually looked, doing a call back to the rat, her favorite look was doing the chihuahua and dressing it as a rat. That was like her favorite costume out of the whole entire thing. <laughs> To be honest. That's got to be fun to make, yeah. I know, right? Like, out of all of them, she's like, yeah, the dog. Um, But it was, like, doing, making a 40-foot gown that was so fluffy and so pastel, but then also so coutured and so thing. Like, she's not getting credit for it when Disney sold the rights for a company to sell and make um, it for sale to the general public. She's not getting anything. Right. Like the Cruella outfits are being made and Correct. sold, right? And she's not getting anything. And I was looking into more details, and I actually own some um, Birds of Prey inspired stuff by her universe. Ooh. And turns out that designer is not getting credit for my, the sales that I purchased. Same thing as I was digging more into it. So I unknowingly purchase into these items not realizing the designers aren't getting credit for me feeling passionate about it so i'm realizing i'm stopping myself i'm not buying any of the Crella looks because jenny beaven's not getting credit for this stuff well it's, it's like the writers that work for marvel and dc like the big companies like when you create a character and you work under them they own it yep so they do whatever the fuck they want with it and you may or may not get like kickbacks from it it's just mm-hmm. they if they decide they want to they will Disney owns the right, not the writers, not the producers, nobody else. It is Disney. You relinquish it. And even um, Jenny Bevan's in her contract, they're trying to get the rights, and they try to get it, and they can't get the rights. She's also in her 70s, too, which is, like, extra sad. She is. So it's like she's this legend. It's like, you know, you can't help help her out with some Target deals, some Target co-brands. Come on. Correct. She's been nominated 10 times for an Oscar, and she has won twice in her lifetime. I can see this winning Oscar, for sure. I want her to get nominated so bad for this. Pap, this movie has some legs to it. This movie is, good. I mean, it's 135 minutes long. It's long. It didn't feel its length to me. This movie felt really kind of like frenetic, kinetic, like high energy, go, go the entire time. 
it zips along. I was a little bit nervous at the beginning um, when it literally started with like the birth of Cruella. I'm like, oh, we're going <laughs> oh no, all the way back. But it's all it's all semi relevant, right, to the story and like who her birth mom is and everything. So it all it all works. Um, no, it didn't feel its length. Um, maybe around. Um, I don't know. There, there's a lot of kind of like back and forth with her henchmen who are also the henchmen from the animated movie. What are their names? Horace and uh, Jasper, which is sort of like their origin story mm-hmm. as well. Um, I, I don't really understand like what the angle is with them. Like if they're just going to be totally sycophantic to Cruella, it's what's the angle. It's weird that, they, the angle? It's weird mm-hmm. that they have like uh, feelings it shows the tension and it shows her character development. It also gives us something to identify with instead of just like two like mindless henchmen. They actually fight back. Uh, but they ultimately end up just doing it for what? Be- for free? Because of family. It, for family. family. For Corona. It's for family. family. That makes sense. There could have been a little bit of editing, but it. I don't know how much really would have made a difference. Honestly, it felt good to like have a long form content in the movie theater, honestly, like an over two hour movie. Like it felt nice to get actually two thirds of the way through the large popcorn instead of just like half of the way through the large popcorn. The first half of this movie honestly felt like Goodfellas. <laughs> it really did. As long as I can remember, I've wanted to be a fashion designer. <laughs> I always wanted to be a gangster. I mean, honestly, cause like these, like the songs throughout the movie, like change, like on a, you know, drop mm-hmm. of a dime. And also, you have Cruella, older Cruella, narrating it the entire t- entire time too. So it felt like a Goodfellas movie. And there's that one shot too that goes into the basement of the yes um, retail yes. place that feels like going into the Cabana Club, Coco Cabana. Yeah, yeah. Which isn't that what everyone said about I Tanya too? Everyone's like, oh, that's a total ripoff of Goodfellas as well. Is this this guy's thing? He's done it again. <laughs> Love Scorsese, big Scorsese guy. I, I want to say I, at the beginning. Pappy, I had some like similar like concerns like when we introduced her. My my first concern was the hair. Like she was born with the half like the Harvey Dent like half black, <laughs> half white hair. And then later on when she meets like the fucking her henchman, like it's I was thinking like what is there like an Oliver Twist gang in like every corner of London? As it kind of progressed, I kind of like picked up on the vibe. I was like, okay, this is like a slight cartoon, like in a way, you know, like the things that they can do, like when it cuts and it shows Jasper like Spider Man down and like put a job <laughs> application in the pile, yeah. like that's what this movie is. And as and when I got that, I accepted it and, it and it became like way more comfortable with it. It's the vibe. They did include a couple cartoony esque elements, like her literally driving the car just like from the cartoon. I mean, they did bring in little elements from the original cartoon into it that just really warmed my heart but not just little elements too. the post credit scene it's like basically oh oh they they in her creating a hell house like where she knocks out the middle of it and you see how it got its name and then i mean i texted you did you see the post credit scene i mean it was i mean they run it right too to the point of they're already in talks of doing a Cruella 2 there's I mean, they're going straight There's, through. It's a go. It's greenlit. Gotta be a Cruella, too. A thousand percent. Yeah, it got greenlit full go. And the same director is attached. Which makes me nervous a little bit. I don't know how you feel, Stevie. That makes me a little nervous. Because where do you go? It, it, the logical thing would be... Ever since I was a girl in my 20s, I wanted to murder Dalmatians. 
<laughs> I feel like that's where it's got to go, though, right? Because like, they have Pongo and what's her name? Per- Purdy. And what's, what, are the, what are the owners' names? Uh, the Darlings? It's like Roger and something. They're going to meet cute. It's going to be 101 Dalmatians. There's going to be the talking dogs and the barking. Per- or uh, What's it called when all the dogs like bark in a chain or whatever? The telephone. You're gonna start a howl. Uh, they're gonna start a howl. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, does it, does it not make you nervous though? That, that that's where it's headed. Um, it doesn't make me nervous because going into this, I wanted to hate it, just because of my track record with live action Disney films of recent. Because to me, they've always looked so clean. I mean, even somebody covered in dirt would look clean. And this movie just had a different look and vibe to it. And I was expecting you to hate it. Yeah, I actually absolutely just adore this movie. It has actually a good look to it. I think if it was the same director, uh, in you know Emma Stone at least, and Jasper and uh, Horace come back, we have that kind of continuity, and Mark Strong not playing a villain. Uh, I think a two could work because I think it would do a story adjacent again, where it's not a meet cue but something far different. So that was the twist, right? That he wasn't the villain. Yeah, like, I thought he was the villain the entire time. I thought he was the dad. <laughs> I thought he was going to be like the dad of Cruella. You thought you know, Mark was like him. the secret lover. Yeah. Oh, that would have been cool. What well, the beginning montage when it's like mom had to stop somewhere and get some extra money? I'm like, oh no, is this like a Forrest Gump type situation? <laughs> is that what we're headed to? But. That was a big twist, too. Your mother loves your education. <laughs> the, you guys were talking about the Dalmatians a little bit. I had a slight concern when uh, her mom was killed by them. I thought this was going to be like the only involvement of Dalmatians in the movie. And if that was the case, like I feel like that would have been a lot more stupid. <laughs> like, you know, if she wanted to get revenge on Dalmatians for killing her mom. <laughs> I thought that's kind of where it was going. But uh, the writing was well enough to not fall into that trap. Renee, I feel like they combined a lot of elements from, I mean, it's not the first one to do it, but a lot of elements from other movies. Did you kind of like the Devil Wears Prada relationship between Emma Stone mm. and uh, Emma Thompson? I did. I totally got a bunch of, um, that was actually one of my notes was, as I was walking through it, I was like, oh, to- because of how her, um, the power dynamic between um the two characters was very much Devil Wears Prada where she was trying to gain her approval, but also how her work outfit evolved as her character evolution mm-hmm. evolved too, just like in Devil Wears Prada as she was growing and trying to gain approval. I definitely got that feeling, but also with the way that the tasks were given and assigned to her, I totally got that from it. Yeah, I thought Emma Thompson absolutely killed it as the Baroness. She was such a joy to watch on screen. And the, when she saw the room full of duplicates, just the subtlety in her facial tics. Like, just watching her face just twitch. She didn't say anything, but you could just tell just the 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 reservation that she had in her body, and that was all you saw, was just her eye move, where... I mean, it was just flawless in that moment. <laughs> that was some uh, V for Vendetta vibes when they all show up wearing that Cruella <laughs> outfit. But I, I fucking uh-huh. loved it when they were getting out of the car and they just got absolutely depleted by his security guard every time. <laughs> just like spear tackled <laughs> these women getting out of the car. That was pretty funny. Fucking Goldberg. Yeah, yeah that was some good shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
so silly, but it works. That's the cartoony parts of it where you just see him get floored. Not to mention at that same event, like the whole like conclusion of like how she does the trick, the fucking parachute that's the most insane thing in any like live action remake i've seen that but it's not out of nowhere for this film i think this film was zany enough by then to pull that off believable <sighs> believable no D- believable within the universe yes within- does it work within the universe yes <laughs> you've seen my dresses yeah. that i make i have a five foot white dress in my living room right now they built a universe where that could exist can you make a parachute renee I will try to make a parachute, yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Let's do that. That'll be a special for the Instagram. We'll make a parachute and we'll see if we can like drop an egg or something <laughs> with it. Let's see if that'll work. Um, when I go to my convention in two weeks, I will get on top of a table with my skirt and I will jump off no, and I'll have somebody I, videotape okay. it for That's, you guys. No, I, I don't want to get sued <laughs> by you. This podcast can barely afford to keep the lights on. We can't afford litigation. <laughs> somebody on Patreon just put in some money for Renee jumping off a table. It's not going to be a Patreon anymore. It's going to be a GoFundMe for our, for your <laughs> medical bills. GoFundMe for the <laughs> GoFund Pixie breaking her other ankle that has just is healing from her car accident. <laughs> I also am not sure. I mean, I have to think this was intentional. I think Craig Gillespie did something really cool for the fact that any time the Baroness like entered, you know, the room for work or at her palace or whatever, I felt like everybody stood still like mannequins. And I think that actually added to the aesthetic of this movie of a simple fact that she was like the only one roaming in scenes and everyone else was super still. She commanded the room. Yes. I think that was a neat layer they added to this film. And it wasn't until Corella would steal it from her in each of the scenes intentionally because of the way she commanded it. Corella intentionally in every way possible would have a way in her punk-esque way to, you know, steal it back. I mean, this movie is really buoyed by having the two Emmas, right? I mean, like, it's two of the the best performances in any of these kind of movies in like a long, long time. And like a, yeah. a caliber I mean, of... They're powerhouses, each of them. Yeah. Caliber of both is crazy. Kylo, did you like the kind of Baroness Cruella twist? Because I mean, they were breadcrumbing, they were breadcrumbing something obviously throughout the entire film. Did you like how that ended up unfolding? Uh, yeah, I did. I liked Cruella's... Um, uh, intelligence of the situation you know she was uh, ahead of the game in terms of like how things were going to play out and she was ahead of me as an audience member I was like why is she going back to Estella to when she confronts her you know and it's revealed that that's her mom mm-hmm. she, she has reasons for it all she's planned it out you know she knows she's going to get pushed off this fucking thing she can't die anyway she's you know she's Cruella the blade Cruella the bullet dodger <laughs> But <laughs> I mean, she she does survive death twice. She's she's pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I really did like it. But more so than that, I mean, I was just really blown away by like the fashion in this movie and the overall look of it in general. Mm-hmm. I mean that that was my big takeaway from this. I mean, I like the movie for a lot of things, but the thing that stood out the most to me was the fashion within it. And it's obviously a movie about fashion designers and like high society Britain in the 70s. But not everyone is like a, a fashionista in this movie. Even like the uh, the lower level people, like the street guys, uh, the look of it is just incredible. Like, And you can 
you can identify these like period accurate 70s male suits you know you, they, they have a certain look to them and it's just executed so well did you have a favorite outfit from the uh, film kylo uh, I I like a lot of Cruella's uh, fancy outfits when she's doing her like performance art publicity stunts, you know, and she's competing mm-hmm. with the Baroness. Uh, a lot of those stand out to me. I like the motorcycle uh, jacket that she has when she shows up and it says the future on her face. Uh, it's just great. Like that's a whole that's a very beautiful like moment. Like the way it looks, you know, with the smoke dissipating, and then you see her step in and like it. It uh, zooms in on her face. Looks really good, and she looks really good. Did I mention that? <laughs> Maybe a couple <laughs> I don't times. Think you did. Yeah, I don't know. Not at all. Didn't notice. <laughs> I love uh, not just the the costumes, but the also the production design, particularly of Hell House. Um, a really good combination of like practical and CGI to create the to create the look. And there's one scene in there where Emma Thompson gets mad. And she just picks up this chair and like Bob Knight tosses it and like this nails a maid and she just goes, You are in the way. <laughs> it's just so absurd and funny. The poor maid. <laughs> it's just so silly to see. It's great. And the maid was doing her job like getting flowers arranged and actually like, you know, doing her off to the, intentionally off to the side. <laughs> that part actually was really funny. Going back to the outfits, I think my favorite outfit I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I think it was like um, like a black checkered skirt with a uh, kind of like black line jacket. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Where she says, I want to make art and trouble. Yes. And she has like black gloves too. That outfit reminded me a lot of Cersei from season six after she blows up um, the scepter or whatever. I absolutely love that outfit. I thought the fashion in this film was outstanding. And the way, like, Pixie, would you say that she had uh, 47 outfits in this film? Just 47. Just 47. My God, it's like a share concert in two hours. <laughs> hey, that's good. Corey, did you like the miniskirt outfit CV's talking about? <laughs> I enjoyed it. I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's hard to understate, you know, in an audio-only podcast, but it, it the outfits are just beautiful in this movie. So well-designed. Like... This is going to influence conventions for the next five years easily. Oh, you're telling me. Yeah. I'm sure Pixie already has her outfit ready to go. No, I don't. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get on that sewing machine. People have been sending me like photos, and I've been avoiding it like because I, don't, I didn't want spoilers of the movie, so I've been avoiding pictures of these for the longest time and avoiding trailers until I saw the movie. Yeah, I mean, if you follow any cosplayers on Instagram, just watch them for the next few months you know my house is not big enough well, actually i could probably do it my house is not big enough for what i want to do Corey, if you had to bet now what's gonna win or what's more likely to win costume for best oscar without having seen it would you say cruella or dune you know oscars are so fucking weird i don't understand them at all <laughs> there's nothing to understand. it's random <laughs> they don't even know what they're doing <laughs> Here's one thing that I said after I was done with the movie. I said, I hope that the Academy doesn't forget about this movie come Oscar season. Because we just had the Oscars, right? Usually Oscar movies come close to the Oscars. And this is very far away from the Oscars. So I just hope it's not forgotten about. I think Disney will campaign. Oh, that's what they do best. They're definitely going to campaign hard. (laughs) 
a favorite thing. Disney's going to drop their money on this one. They wanted Endgame to get a Best Picture nomination. Yeah, though for yeah. sure. But this has a good chance, too, because this reminds me of something like Black Panther, where it's just a little bit outside of the traditional, you know, like period piece drama with fancy dresses, uh, Phantom Thread. But this thing. had period pieces in but, it. But I mean, it's. But I'm and talking about the, no make period pieces. the genre of the film, <laughs> Renee, is what I was talking about, not when it took place. I'm just waiting for you guys to ask me what my favorite one is. Like, I'm just being what patient. What is your favorite one? I was waiting for you to jump, jump in after in I asked Tolo. I yeah, was jump being patient. I was waiting for the guests to go last. For all Hop you guys on in. Yours. Well, mine includes a lot of color and a lot of 5,600 hand-sewn flowers. Okay. Does that give you any clue? The trash one? Midsomar. No, it's actually not the trash one. It is the um, red to black organza dress where she stood on top of the car where it had the drape that said the past on it. And they locked um, yeah, the her inside locked the, the doors. car. Correct. And so it's um, had all the organza, which I'm a huge fan of organza to begin with. And then the top of it had this punk rock jacket, which had all the trimmings and had the structure. So you had the combination of just the contrast of the structure on top and then this flowing and gorgeous. um, That's kind of like another point to this movie, right? Like the punk rock vibe of it. Like it kind of captures that like 70s, like punk is this new thing. It's like the new cool thing. And Cruella is kind of like on top of that in their local area it seems like with her rock concert and her yeah, like she did a rock concert for, for crying out loud <laughs> <laughs> yeah which was pretty fucking sweet like that was a good moment i love that well it's there's a overall it's definitely carla's the way she comes across is like this punk dominatrix you know monster but there's also this hokator side of her as well and over time she slowly blends them together and that's that final look of after Estella is dead and the Cruella re-emerges at the party and completely just psychologically messes with her as she's you know getting taken away and she's like well hold on you know (laughs) and she has half of that jacket is hokator and soft and silk and half that jacket is um, you know the madness and she has them blended together and just that perfect perfect symmetry the black and the white together just like her hair and that is um, the symbolism in the end that she is both sides of her and she braces both sides of estella and corolla together and i really like that at the end where it's showing she embraces both sides and she's not completely utterly terrible which at the very beginning, she was. I mean, it was about revenge. She was all darkness. She was, you know, a monster. But she doesn't have to be. So do you think they'll take that route for part two, which is Cruella isn't like a completely different story of Cruella wanting to, you know, kill and, you know, make Dalmatians in the jackets. Uh, do you think they'll actually do something much further outside the box? I think it's... I think you're going to take it with her trying to establish and dominate her own empire and how she's going to rise on top and how she's going to, um, you know, thrive to be, you know, this dominating woman. 
I think it's that that rise to power and her wanting that power that she talked about earlier. I think it's th- that storyline. By the end of this movie, she seemingly is there, right? So, she, I mean, she has to be... She's established, but she doesn't have the... Um, the label, like she's established, but she doesn't have the following. She doesn't have the sales. She doesn't have the, you know, people know who she is, but nobody's buying her shit. <laughs> you know, like she has to like make the sales. She has to, you know, take over, you know, her biological mother's empire. But right. She's got to buy out Fox. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. I just, the thing is like, that's like an interesting idea, but these movies just generally don't follow through on like interesting ideas like that you know what i mean like i typically they're gonna try and lean no, they're gonna weave to the left and zag to the right gonna, well they're gonna lean on i think they're gonna lean more on canon i really do i think the next one's gonna be she's gonna find a way to start like hating the dogs like make the dogs in the coats or something i think it's gonna be much more but they similar. reversed it why would they do it again because they're disney and they screw everything up why would you assume <sighs> they're gonna make a good choice with this is an anomaly the, the Cruella is This a, is the anomaly is of all not, anomalies. This is the exception that breaks the rule that these live action films are like terrible. This is like actually an okay. okay Maleficent one. two did go more in line with Sleeping Beauty. Mm-hmm. Not a hundred percent in line, but it was more in step with the story of Sleeping Beauty more so than the original Maleficent. So I wonder if they're going to take that route. I did not enjoy Maleficent two. They want canon. They want their own like Disney canon. They're not going to do anything that like flies in the face of anything that like, explicitly happened in 101 and Dalmatians. Basically, they want the Disney live action. They did nod to 101 Dalmatians with that um, little teaser at the end. So I think they're going to step in line with it, but not 100 percent in line. And the other reason why I don't think Cruella two will be good now that we're here, like. A big part of why I like this movie such so much too is I went in ex- wanting to hate it, expecting to hate it, just like you, Stevie. Like this comes through true so many times. Where if like someone's hyping up a movie to you, like oh it's the best movie ever, oh it's the scariest movie of all time. When you ever go when you go in and see it, it's like it always disappoints. But when you're like Cruella, and it's actually like a decent fun ride. You know what I mean? Like we're all like beaming about this movie because of it. Well, part of me doesn't want them to make it two at all for the simple fact that. Wreck-It Ralph 2 exists, and mm. I really... That's a, su- that's a sore subject for You me. guys always come back to shitting on, like, a certain set of ten movies. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> you don't understand how excited I was for that movie. That was Renee's first episode. She gave it a yes. <sighs> no, I remember, yeah. Controversial take. <laughs> I like to fight these uh, hosts and yeah. be the... You gotta fight the hosts. I mean... That's good. Out. You gotta fight... Um, <laughs> it's what the fans expect from me. I guess what well, I guess. Uh, do you guys have anything else to add before we get into yes or no's? So when Cruella was still Estella and she's getting her foot in the door in the fashion industry, she's working at a department store. Her boss is fucking amazing, dude. This guy mm-hmm. is hilarious. He's the worst. He is a fucking cartoon <laughs> character. <laughs> like banana on your face <laughs> at the side. Oh. <laughs> We try to give these wretches a chance, but, you know, breeding. <laughs> breeding. <laughs> Eugenics guy. Yeah, the... <laughs> I fucking love that, dude. I want to see him in the sequel, man. Like, <laughs> Well, I also think he was so necessary for the simple fact that, like, I found myself rooting for Cruella that entire time. Like, oh, man, she's going to show him. 
she's going to show this douchebag. Like, you know, I was rooting for her the entire time she was, like, working there. And I'm with you, Corey. Like, I hated that dude. Yeah, but it's so perfectly, though, you know? Like, yeah, he wasn't, like, boring. He was, like, outrageous. He added to the cartoony nature of this, which <clears throat> kind of helped us with, as things kind of continued with, like, the heist and the more outrageous things that aren't possible in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, th- these things are peppered in that puts you in this uh, unrealistic universe that works. Um, I have one thing to add. And I'll compliment this film on this fact. This film makes me hate the movie Bohemian Rhapsody even more. (laughs) Um, Why? It's a long story, but like this film played what I think is the best Queen song of all time. And for the simple fact that the movie about Queen that was just peppered with Queen songs couldn't play that song is insane to me. What song? Stone Cold Crazy. I think that's the best song that Queen will ever do. So uh, Disney got the rights to it, but the Queen movie got it. Yeah. And, I mean, they also put it in the perfect place when, like, frantic things were happening after the heist. And it fits perfectly with the car chase. So, based on that alone, I'm going to give this movie, like, a hard, hard yes. Wow. I don't think I've ever got a hard yes on one of the live actions with you before. No, as I said, Mulan almost broke me. I really was going into this about to hate but, it. <laughs> but Stevie, did we get this movie because of Mulan? Like you think? Like in a way? Like Mulan took chances. They were like bad decisions in that movie ultimately. <laughs> but it did something different. No, than I think they went the to the Maleficent I went through, I think they went Maleficent route with this. Yeah. And realizing that was successful and then they went back to that formula. It's like I didn't think Maleficent was gonna be good at all, and that movie is a banger. Uh, and yeah, Renee, I agree completely. I think they went that formula knowing this formula works, and I think they pulled this off really well. I haven't seen Maleficent. Is it just like the uh, Maleficent version of this? Like, is it the same thing like you get with like those musician biopics where it's, they're all the same movie? <laughs> um, I mean, this is a long shot. Have you ever seen Wicked? Wick? Oh, no, The Wizard of Oz thing? Yeah. No. Yeah. They're making a movie. I'm so excited. Oh, good. It's um, it's kind of like Wicked. Uh, as I said, like if you've watched Maleficent now, you would be like, oh yeah, Cruella definitely took like this model. You know, like they people always say like, Scorsese makes the same like mob movies over and over again. This kind of falls in that line with Disney making it's the anti-heroes. Sim- the sympathy for the hero or the villain. Right, is that's what it's all. Yes. About. That's what it comes down to as well. Yeah, it's like the the villain story you never got to hear because mm-hmm. all you heard was the hero side. Okay, so taking it back to the beginning, I'm still hoping for Frollo. Yeah, but man. Wicked is ugly and CGI <laughs> and like boring looking. You know what I mean? I like I saw that like I've seen Wicked or not Wicked. Sorry, uh, Maleficent. <laughs> Excuse me. I'm no. I'm not trying to get the Wicked people after me. But Maleficent is ugly <laughs> and boring and like. So I was giggling CGI at you. So I will come after yeah. you. Um, Lifson has really good costume, but the CGI is not the best. To be desired. I know that Maleficent had Rick Baker, so there had to have been some killer practical effects here and there, right? Practical, yes. Wings, yes. The horns on Maleficent. Horns. I don't know. Yeah. It, I don't remember a thing about it, but I remember, I'll remember Cruella for a long time, not just because it was my first time back in theaters, but because it was a fun time back in theaters. This was like... One of the perfect movies to come back to. I'm glad 
A Quiet Place 2. I'm glad Josh refuses to pod A Quiet Place 2 with me because this gives me <laughs> the chance to see a fun movie like this where I can like just chomp on my popcorn and my Sour Patch Kids and my Reese's Pieces and drink my Sprite. That's my go-to meal at the movie theater. Jesus. I just have a nice... It's a lot of calories. Well, you know, I earned it. I haven't been in a while. I'm looking nice and trim. I need to fatten back up. Uh, but yeah, the tone of this is perfect. Uh, the shot, like I mentioned the shot where it goes into the basement and you just see like how far down on the pecking order of the fashion industry she is like illustrated by this like one long take shot looks really good. Um, I do have some gripes with the CGI. They haven't figured out CGI dogs yet. And that's a big problem with a movie about dogs, uh, ostensibly, right. Or it's going to be about dogs more coming up, I would assume in the second one. So, Hopefully they get the dog technology down, but um, yeah, a yes for me. Not a hard yes. Uh, I think a lot of our positivity is being buoyed, like we said, by our expectations of just how bad the previous live action films were, but but a yes for me as well. Yeah, this is Corey. I'm also going to give this a yes. Uh, this is a good time seeing this, a good theater experience uh, with my kid and my wife. And, uh, you know, I have been to the movies here and there. During the pandemic, when available, you know, I saw Minari semi-recently. I saw Tenet. I uh, made it actually a road trip to go see Tenet. But this movie, like, big surprise for me. That's the biggest thing. Like, the trailer, I was like, oh, God, it's the Joker movie. But then again, I make fun <laughs> of every live-action Disney trailer I see. every Because they're so easy to fucking pick apart. You see it, and you're like, oh, God, everyone rolls their eyes. And then they make a billion dollars. Uh, but this one, er, it deserves the billion dollars. You know, these movies make all the money. Uh, more power to it, man. Uh, beautiful, really good-looking movie and fun. That's it for me. Well, as if it was any surprise that you guys would be. Uh, the costumes are going to be a massive, fluffy goodness of hard yes for me. The story will not be a hard yes, but it will be a yes. And the little chihuahua in a rat costume does make up for the CGI dogs for me. I will say that little. <laughs> He's so cute, though. Chihuahua in a rat costume <laughs> is the cutest little thing that I have seen in a while. It is adorable, but it, there was there were some you know story moments that um, I just wasn't the craziest in love with. But that's just because um, I'm I'm still in love with you know Disney animated story so heavily that um, yeah. it's hard for me to break from that formula. But I'm glad that the Disney live action formula did improve in comparison to what we have seen in the past, and um, so it's it did make my heart full to watch it in theater, and I was very content. Very cool. As I said earlier, I'll give this a hard yes. Um, my biggest gripe with this film is there were a couple of times I was taking out the CGI where I'm like, okay, they're obviously standing in front of a green screen. Uh, there were some times it was, it was jarring. Uh, but other than that, the soundtrack, I think, really was a sore thing for me. I just... The way it was almost like, you know, someone was holding, you know, an iPhone and just shelping through songs and said, hey, we're going to go with this, this top hit and this top hit and this top hit for the sequel. I hope they do a lot more 
original score and like heavy on composer. And um, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Do you guys know who um, Ramin uh, Jawadi is? No. Mm, no. He's the guy that scores. Um, he scored a few Game of Thrones uh, pieces that were really famous. It's like the music that plays when Cersei blows up the Sept or um, when Arya stabs like the Night King and everything's falling apart, like Jon screaming at a dragon. Like I think that music for Cruella 2 would fit fantastic, and I hope they go even darker with her character and try to break her even after she's been established as Cruella. I think that would be a really fun place to go for part two, so... Yeah, I will give this movie a hard yes, and it's mainly just because you guys said earlier how bad, you know, some of the previous live action films have been. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Aladdin and Mulan. Oif. Uh, I want to do a quick thing if it's cool before we close out. Yeah, I want to get see if we can do some like predictions, right? So there's a lot of live action Disney movies down the line. Uh, if it's cool with you guys, I want to name one off, and then we'll do a quick roundtable. Yes. You could say if you think it's going to be good or bad. Let's do it. All right. Mm-hmm. So next big one, The Little Mermaid. Bad. Bad. I'm hopeful. No. Based good on casting. Bad, bad, and hopeful. Good or bad, Renee? I'm hopeful that it's good. Good. I'm hopeful that it's okay. good. Based on casting. Okay. Robert Zemeckis, Pinocchio. Bad. 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 <laughs> no chance on that oh. one at all, huh? It's a hot, it's going to be a hot mess. Is he doing his dead eye animation for it? We've all seen the Benini movie, and we're all disenfranchised. <laughs> Renee, that was our favorite of the animated. We did our ranked episode. You'd no hope for Pinocchio. Uh, I I don't think he's. I think he's going to go a different direction. Though. I think I you're think right. He's gonna be, I think he's going to take it weird. I think you're right. Will they bring back Jonathan Taylor Thomas? <laughs> Next one, Peter Pan and Wendy. Who's directing? Who's directing that? Yeah, uh, David it. Lowry. <sighs> It's live action. Yeah, Jude Law's attached. I think it's been done way too much. I think it's just going to be bad. I don't think you can do it. I'll say bad too, Renee. I'm with you. Yeah. I'll say optimistic. All right. The Mark Webb Snow White movie. Now, Mark Webb, for those that don't know, directed The Amazing Spider-Man and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. I'm going to say good. (laughs) Those movies are good. This movie will be good. (laughs) I'm obviously kidding the about those movies, but I don't listen. Snow White's <laughs> Snow White's ripe for yeah. I'm gonna say good. I gotta say good on one of these. I'll say good for this one. I don't know. I want it. I want it to be good. I think it's gonna be very uh, new take on it. So yeah, I want it to be good. Stevie, did you get an answer? I'll say no. That's a that's a tough ask. That's a no. Here, Still feeling the ramifications of Mulan. I, I'm just sorry, but the original is... It, it's Yeah, I think that's going to be a tough topper. So yeah, I'll say no. There's a fuck ton, but I'll go with this one as the last one. The Robin Hood. You know where he's a fox. The Robin <gasps> Hood. Live action. Are they going to do furry? Which will probably furry be CG, hood? right? <laughs> furry Hood? I'll, I won't say good or bad, but I'm going to say it's going gonna, it's gonna to be the first movie to make a trillion dollars at the box office with all the furries going. <laughs> it's going to be a furry convention every night. Hard yes. I'll say this. Outside of Men in Tights oh. and the Fox Robin Hood, how many good Robin Hood movies have there been? You said outside of Men in Tights? Yes. That really narrows it down. Yeah. Uh, you're, that's let's a, see. Russell Crowe? No. Uh, no. No. 
Um, what's what's the new one that came out? Uh, what the was one with Jimmy Fox. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's the um, what's his name? Kevin uh, Costner, right? Oh, Looks he tries to good. do his, tries to do an accent. That came out in like the '96, '95. Yeah, I, uh-huh, yeah. That so, was oof. Uh, if if they decide to go dress in costumes, I'm sure it'll be good. If it's just normal people, I'll get. I'd say no. But like the '30s, Robin Hood was so good, though. <laughs> There's a zero percent chance it's furry costumes. Just for the record, <laughs> I have judged a furry costume, and there's so much detail and technical in it. It's amazing, and I want to do it. So I see it so bad. Um, yeah, they gotta have like a glory hole, like a retractable. Like. <laughs> um, okay, it wasn't that kind of furry costume. It was like a legit like. Beautiful extravagantness, and it was a teenager. So let's get our minds out of that kind of furriness. Corey's just um. all worked up from Cruella today. <laughs> <laughs> one more. <laughs> okay, I, I, have, I have one more uh, of this game: Lilo and Stitch. Uh, I was going to say that. Oh, I'm God sorry. Bless you, dude. I think it's that one. So they're going to go CGI, and they better have a good CGI in that one. But I think it's going to be, like, if they work. film it in Jurassic Park in Hawaii, it's going to be good. I think it's going to be terrible. I think it's going to be literally the worst of these that we've They can film it in Lost in Hawaii. I don't care. It's just in Hawaii. Let's do it. I think they got to know not to fuck with some of the movies, and that's one of them, you know? Pab, did I give that my number two or number three Disney movie of all time? You ranked it pretty high. I think it was two. Yeah. I think it was two, too. I... You and I both had, like, the weird number twos that nobody else agreed with us on. I think Lilo and Stitch animated is an absolute masterpiece, and the music is a big part of that. Uh, and I think kind of just the the joyfulness of that movie is going to be really hard, hard to capture live action. Which is why I think they have to do it in Hawaii. Well, yeah, and I just think, uh, oof, I, I think that movie's going to be awful. I'm, I hope it's amazing, because how much I love that movie, but... I think awful. Here's my follow-up prediction. They're gonna the fir- when the first look releases, everyone's gonna freak <laughs> out gonna redo at the it? way Stitch looks. Yeah, I think they have to redo them at the last minute. And the CGI <laughs> firm is gonna get canceled, and they're gonna have. It's to gonna redo be a it. huge Twitter scandal <laughs> when this happens. Yep, it's gonna be a Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah. Do you guys want some trivia or no? Whoa! Yeah, yeah. Let's do it, man. Is it about Cruella? I can make it about Cruella. Oh, you weren't going to do Cruella trivia? You can write your trivia on the fly? Yeah, why not? I was not expecting trivia tonight. This is exciting. Let's do it. All right. Let me figure something out real quick then. I got to give you guys trivia. I did some research. You want to do trivia? Yeah. No, I was going to ask you guys. Do it. I was going to ask. No, I said I would have been ready if you guys had. Uh. <laughs> it asked me. Let's see here. Uh, okay, I have a trivia. Which okay. designer um, was used for the inspiration at the black and white ball for the red gown? Coco Chanel. Nope. Edna Mode. <laughs> no. <laughs> I appreciate that one. Ralph Lauren. You guys are using all I'm the good ones. I'm going to exhaust ah. literally all of them that I know. <laughs> Alexander McQueen. Naturally. Oh, I was so close. Oh, so close on that one. Who's the one who also directs films? Who did... Uh, Tom Ford. Tom Ford. The one with Amy Adams. Uh, which designer was based on um, Estelle's outfits? 
Coco Chanel. No. Ralph Lauren. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> it's Vivian Westwood. Stevie, do you have a trivia? Because this Renee's trivia is too hard. It's so hard. No. <laughs> it's actually not the hard, you guys. I was going to try to do it, but I feel like ageism would get in the way. At the original so. mall where um, the mother dies, which historical figure are most of the people dressed after? Mary Antoinette. Correct. Can you give me one where the answer is Coco Chanel, please? <laughs> no. <laughs> I won't, because you are already primed and ready. What do you get if you mix a chocolate breakfast cereal? Oh, okay. With <laughs> perfume, wait, wait, yeah, perfume. There it is. <laughs> Count Chocula de Joe, Aqua de Joe. Count Chocula Aqua de Joe. Nailed it. Okay, hold on. I'm almost there. I almost got it ready. Which individual is Estelle's friend based off of? Which friend? The one she meets. That's the owner of the second hand store. David Bowie. I knew that one. I forgot his name. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a friend, the chief. Friend. You know, <laughs> do they even say his name at all during like the whole movie? I don't think so. Sparingly. What is it? Oh, it's Artie. Oh yeah, as in art, as in a work of. Mm, yeah. Okay, guys, this is closest to. Okay. okay. I want you guys to add up the ages of Emma Stone. Hmm. Emma Thompson. Mm-hmm. Glenn Close. Oh, boy. Oh, that's not going to be very close. And subtract oh, how many 101 Dalmatians have names in the original <laughs> movie. Sorry, so Emma Thompson? Emma Thompson. Am I allowed to use Google? Plus Emma. No. Oh, no, Renee. <laughs> this is trivia. So. Good Lord. Emma, T- Emma Stone. <laughs> Plus Emma Thompson, plus Glenn Close, minus the 101 Dalmatians that have names in the animated movies. The animated movie, the original animated movie. Not the sequels that nobody watches. Not the sequels that nobody watches. All right. 155. Fuck. Um, 100 and... Hold on, hold on. God bless him. Excuse me more time. That was, that was very close to what my guess is going to be. Corey says 155. Renee says 123. 123? Yeah. 123 Dalmatians. 142. 142, says Pappy. Retail price comes in at Emma Stone is 32 years of age. Yes. Emma Thompson, 62 years of age. Oh. Glenn close oh she's old 72 years of age coming out to a grand total of 166 oh no now how confident are you guys in your uh in your dalmatians none at all not confident not i haven't seen that movie since i was nine oh bubba's okay well i can tell you now that there are Seven oh. dogs that have names. They come out to Pongo, Perdita, Patch, Lucky, Rolly, Penny, and Freckles. 
I think it was just the original um, ones that Malcolm Purdy had that had names. Yes, it was. So that comes out to a grand total of 159, making Corey our Holy winner. Shit, you were so close. So close. Glenn Close. See, I thought Glenn Close was younger, and I think that's why I was, went lower. Yeah, because of that, Corey gets to tell our audience what we have coming down the line. Let's see. What do we have coming down the line? <laughs> I love playing this game. Good thing I'm not telling you this. We got a bunch of Patreon requests that we don't know what they are yet. A bunch. A bunch. So you can expect Big those. Big movies, too. Big I'll tell you this, Famous though. Movies. We got some Tarantino movies coming down the line. I'm not going to be specific, but we got two major Tarantino movies that I think are going to be really awesome episodes, ultimately. So that's what we got coming down the line. Is that good enough for you? That sounds great. And remember, folks, if you don't have the Patreon app yet, please get it. It's going to be our biggest form of communication. They have a great interface. And no, we're not getting paid to even say this. It just makes life so much easier. And also, if you're in your car or in home, actually, not if you're in your car, because you're going to have your hands on the wheel. But if you're at home or mowing the lawn, whatever you're doing, give a round of applause and a clap to Josh, Corey, and Pappy for how much editing that they do and how they're able to get episodes you know, out on time while having full-time jobs and a life on their own. So thank you, guys, really. Uh, also, thank you, Pixie Bomber, a.k.a. Renee, for coming on. It's been so long, so thank you. It has been three months, exactly. Too long. Oh. Is there anything? Oh, I know. Way too long. In the Heights, Pixie. In the Heights with Stevie and I. Yeah, of course. Obviously, yes. Always. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Lin-Manuel Miranda. What about Stevie? Luca? Luca's bi- coming out soon. I'm biting Adds my lip right Pixar now. to our Pixar list. <laughs> You're biting your lip. <laughs> oh... In the, are we doing in the heist next week? That weekend then, as soon as possible. Well, whenever you can. Yeah, next weekend works perfect. God bless America. Corey, take us out. All right, so I get to take us out. That means I get to say something, and I just want to take a quick moment to talk about Anchor. Mm. If you guys haven't heard about Anchor, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> fuck Anchor. What is Anchor? <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> take it away, Spoiler Man. Is this Special thank you to our patrons. Matt Troll, Brother Brian, Druid King, Nick. Do you, is the uh, moth dress on display there too, or no? No, just just the uh, just the uh, flame dress. Corey, why is Steve trying to duck me? <laughs> I, I, it's funny, man. Like <laughs> that really worked, it really worked well. But I have a quick question before we talk about that. Which dress are you talking about, Renee? The gala, the black and white gala, the flame. The one she buys in the store from the guy who looks like David Bowie. Oh, okay. 
Oh, the one she lit on fire. She lit on fire into a flame, and it yeah. resembles a flame. Yeah, and the Baroness. Nice. Yeah, she's like, I like that. She's like, yeah, it's yours. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so I I texted Steve a screenshot of what you said, and like he responded <laughs> quickly, which is like very rare for him. He said, "Tell Pappy I'll do it Fourth of July weekend if he's eager to be recorded losing this ridiculous debate." It is a boring I, movie. I think he'd want the additional time to avoid the spanking. Hell, I'll do it Sunday. He's the one who needs, quote, at least two weeks of prep. Well, first he... of all, there's no way I can do it Sunday. All right, well, he's just going to be like, <laughs> he's going to probably declare victory. Do you guys well, want the new Pixar movie in the shoot, too? And second of all, it's not that I need two weeks of prep. It's that I produce a podcast, so I just need to make sure that I have episodes and things lined up so I can, like, spend time getting ready to do another podcast and not be made a fool of. So no, the hardest thing I'm not like sitting watching Blade Runner for this. two weeks. You're experiencing it now. This is the what's Steve is a great podcaster, but this is the hard part: scheduling anything with him. This is your guest. Uh, Steve is a member of Big Dumb Movie Podcast, which is my uh, podcast. He's never been a guest on Spoilers, actually. Uh, Too hard to get available. So. Not dude, Patty. Wait, hey, Renee. Patty. Yeah, you sound kind of <laughs> choppy. Is it anybody else, or is it just me? No, she sounds choppy. You sound a little bit choppy, Renee. Am I? Yeah, it's like uh, maybe like reconnect your mic or right. you join the call or something. Got it. Cause I got I have nothing on my um, Wi-Fi, but I'll rejoin. Yeah. Okay, so not this weekend, not Fourth of is July. Is this still weekend, the argument right? though? Is is Blade Runner a boring movie? Well, I still want to do Is Will Smith a good actor? But I'll take the Blade Runner one. Yeah. Um, well, what, what's the argument? The is is he like? So is he capable of being a good actor, or is he a good actor in all his <laughs> no, movies? No, it's not what we're doing. Uh, do you have hijack rolling, by the way? Yeah. Okay. okay good. Uh, I'm back on. I want Steve to hear this. What I don't think there? he listens to podcasts. <laughs> I'll clip this and. Really? Do I don't know what the well, question. I mean, listen to your guys' podcast. Anytime after the 4th of July, I can okay. be ready. It'll have to be August then. I'll text him now. Can't wait. Yeah, I'm trying to like put out two podcasts and record one podcast by Sunday. There's no possible way I could get ready for a debate, too. What's the Come debate, on, though? The topic Runner. is... Is it boring? I don't understand how it's a debate. Not that it's bad. No, Not that it's like like there will bad. be blood. I'm Hopefully sure it like, is a good movie, but it's still boring as hell. I don't think Blade Runner is boring, but I'm going to keep my opinion completely out of it. 100. You guys are doing what Black Widow and then um, Luca. I'm going to get killed in the comments. By the way, everyone's going to be like, Blade Runner's not boring. That guy just doesn't oh, is know it the bright colors and the non wooden oh. acting that excites you? But. I'm like, let like God be the judge. No one else. <laughs> I think, I think I'm the only one debate. that gave Blade Runner a no when we did it. I thought you guys all gave it no's. Oh, I liked it. No, everybody gave I, it a yes except for me. I like boring movies. That doesn't mean I don't like it. But there are boring movies that I like. And Blade Runner is one of them. 2001 A Space Odyssey is boring. 
It's a good movie. I mean, if the Warren's movie is boring, I might fall asleep. Ooh, Renee, you're giving me good arguments right now. Blade Runner is a great sleepy time movie. I mean, there are some movies, if the story is boring enough, I will fall asleep during it. I'm not going to Terminator, what movie was that? The newest Terminator? I fell asleep in the middle of the theater. Dark Fate? Yeah, I fell asleep. I rem- the first time and I ever tried... And then I woke tried... up and they were still in the helicopter. <laughs> I missed nothing. I remember the first time I ever tried watching Blade Runner was in college, and I did fall asleep. It took me like three times to attempt that movie and actually get through it. What other movie? Um, Justice League. I fell asleep during that twice. I fell asleep in the theater watching Zach Shazam. Snyder's, Zach Snyder's newest Justice League. Asleep I fell asleep during Shazam? That's a good and movie. I was, I was so asleep <laughs> that I was asleep until... The credits were done, and the lights were on, and the usher had to wake me up as he was you like. You didn't have somebody go with you, babysit you. <laughs> no, I was like, it was like, like, I think it was like a weeknight. Like I went at like an eight o'clock showing. I was like trying to like watch it to like maybe podcast or something. I don't even remember, but didn't make Can it. Can you imagine what was rolling through his head, thinking you died? Hmm. Well, Abby, I, weren't you in the theater for this movie? <laughs> yes, I was. I thought I saw it in your review. Okay. I can talk about that too. Okay. I just want to make sure. Felt oh, good to be back. I just want to make sure you mentioned that because it's the first time you've been back. In case you weren't going to mention it, I think you should. Stevie, do you have a spoiler? You know me, Pap. I've been wrecking my brain all day and I cannot think of one. I got one. You got one? Text Te- <clears throat> to shoot it over to me. You grab you my don't phone. have one? There's 47 d- costumes in Emma Stone alone, you guys. So I'll give you that. I mean, it's not a traditional spoiler. It's more of like a fact, but I like it. You can, I mean, you guys about can how roll you in the it. number. It's, yeah, it's how you sell it. There's 47 costumes on Emma Stone alone. Uh, Emma Stone did actually, they did dress, they got, she's in her kitchen. Uh, they were getting her costumes ready in her kitchen. So somehow you can work in some weird shenanigans that way. I don't know. There's some weird shit with this movie. Stevie, did you like the spoiler Kylo sent you? Well, <laughs> I don't know if it's a spoiler or not. Well, tell me, run it by me. If it makes yep. me giggle, then we're yep. good. Kylo, is this a request or a spoiler? Um, let me give you context. Okay, thank you. It's or not in the chat. You're leaving Pixie out of it, so. Jackal. Oh, oh, I got Ooh, I had one too Incorporating pixies Here, I'm just gonna say it for the hijack Emma Stone has 47 costumes and only one of them Is trash This is <laughs> spoilers I approve, I approve, I approve It's all about how you sell it Yeah, so <clears throat> I got all the music ready, so I'm, I'm gonna try and edit it tonight. Are we, dude? I think we're not gonna be able to post it if you have all the music jacked up. What do you mean? I mean, you gotta play it quietly. I know this movie cost 200 million. I think 180 million of it was music. It's all in the copy. Yeah. I told you you like the music, Pappy. I texted you. The first thing I said was you like the music. Dad radio. <laughs> I like the music. Well, say I'll say I'll say that. It's like the first text message I sent him. You're gonna like pull in the music. For Corey, this. 
Do you do a good impression of what you sent me? <laughs> I do not. Can you do it? <laughs> oh, come on. I can't do uh, that impression. Yes, you can, Stevie. No, because I I'd never tried I it because I don't can. like that movie. I don't know what movie it even is, but I know you can do it. <sighs> God damn Believe. It. I'll laugh no matter what. Sounds gross. What are you trying to do? Uh, Just try to make Renee laugh. That's all you want to do in life. I gave him basically a meme. Gave me a meme, and I've never tried that voice before. (laughs) I I made Renee clap, so. If you can make Renee laugh, I guess that's a start. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Okay, I'm going to get another LaCroix. One second. Okay. God damn it. Are you trying to, like, quote something off of a meme? No, it's a movie that I don't like. Which is also a meme, like this. You'll see. You'll see. All right. I mean, it'd be a great Instagram for, like, when we, like, drop this movie. Test, 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 test. Sorry. You want me to do it, Stevie? Yes, please. All right, I'll, yeah! I'll do it. But then you got to take over after I do it. All right, you just do the spoiler. This is spoilers. Then I'll take the rest from there. Does that sound good? <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> ghost right. ride the car, then Stevie will take so over. Ghost, ghost ride the whip, and then I'll take over. All right, I can count. Since this is a two-man spoiler. Everyone ready? Very Renee, rarely will I deny an impression, but this is one I won't do. Renee, you got your recording too, right? Uh, yeah, but I wasn't paying attention because I wasn't sure we were ready yet. But I'm totally, and I even have, I even have my, my my ears down like you bitched at me before, and it was successful. I never bitched at you ever. Hard Actually, it's the most successful advice you've ever given me. I've never. Well, okay, I gave you guidance as like a mentor. That's what you're saying. Like I'm kind yeah, of like a hero. Me. Yeah, I didn't. <laughs> That's a, it's perspective. You told a woman what to do. Well, let me mansplain podcasting to you right now. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Three, two, one, go. That was spoilers.